Hi, everyone. It's Evelyn. Thank you so much for joining me again for another chapter of The Untethered Soul. I have been reading this consistently for several weeks now, and uh, we're all learning about life and uh, love and energy and spirituality and uh, dealing with issues and strengthening our, our mental health. Uh, for those of you who stumbled upon this by accident, uh, I have a podcast. It's called Life Over Matter. And every Saturday and Wednesday at 8 a.m., we discuss exercises and to-do lists and uh, situations that affect and help make us better, uh, whether it be financially or psychologically or healthy lifestyle uh, tips and cooking and cleaning, uh, life hacks, whatever it is that can uh, help us to be our best selves. And these book series uh, is something that I've incorporated this year, something that uh, I'm trying to do uh, in efforts to become more educated on my spiritual self and becoming uh, someone who is as level-headed as possible and uh, utilizes the lessons that are given to me in life as they come across and when to use them effectively. And uh, I stumbled across this book. It's a New York Times bestseller. It's by an author named Michael Singer, and it's called The Untethered Soul. Uh, it's actually the journey beyond yourself. Uh, and that is what Life Over Matter really is, is the journey beyond yourself. Um, because we don't get a handbook, right? We don't get uh, directions on how to put this all together. We just do the best that we can and hope that it comes out right, right? And so... That is why I'm reading this, and I'm hoping that you all are enjoying it as much as I am. If you are back again, it means that you are, and I appreciate you for it. I uh, don't know what I would do without you, to be honest. And as long as I have listeners, as, as long as I will be continuing uh, to go forward with all of these lessons and sharing them uh, with everybody who's coming on the journey with me. So before I go off the rails too far, I'm going to bring it back in and... I'm going to start chapter nine, which is called Removing Your Inner Thorn. The spiritual journey is one of constant transformation. In order to grow, you must give up the struggle to remain the same and learn to embrace change at all times. One of the most important areas requiring change is how we solve our personal problems. We normally attempt to solve our inner disturbances by protecting ourselves. Real transformation begins when you embrace your problems as agents for growth. In order to understand how this process works, let's examine the following situation. Imagine that you have a thorn in your arm that directly touches a nerve. When the thorn is touched, it's very painful. Because it hurts so much, the thorn is a serious problem. It's difficult to sleep because you roll over on it. It's hard to get close to people because they might touch it. It makes your daily life very difficult. You can't even go for a walk in the woods because you might brush the thorn against the branches. This thorn is a constant source of disturbance and... To solve the problem, you only have two choices. The first choice is to look at your situation and decide that since it's too disturbing, when things touch the thorn, you need to make sure nothing touches it. The second choice is to decide that since it's so disturbing when things touch the thorn, you need to take it out. Believe it or not, the effects of the choice you'll make will determine the course of the rest of your life. This is one of the core level structural decisions that lay the foundations for your future. 
Let's begin with the first choice and explore how it will affect your life. If you decide that you have to keep things from touching the thorn, then that becomes the work of a lifetime. If you want to go for a walk in the woods, you'll have to thin out the branches to make sure that you don't brush up against them. Since you often roll over and touch the thorn when you sleep, you'll have to find a solution for that as well. Perhaps you could design an apparatus that acts as a protective device. If you really put a lot of energy into it and your solution seemed to work, then you'd think that you'd had solved your problem. You'd say, I can go to sleep now, and guess what? I got to go on TV to give a testimonial. Anyone else who has the thorn problem can get my protective device, and I even get paid royalties. So now you've got a whole life built around this thorn, and you're proud of it. You keep the woods thinned out, and you wear the apparatus to bed at night, but now you have a new problem. You fell in love. This is a problem because your situation, it's even hard to hug. Nobody can touch you because they might touch the thorn, so you design another kind of device that allows closeness among people without actually touching. Eventually, you decide you want total mobility without having to worry about the thorn anymore, so you make a full-time device. It doesn't have to be unstrapped at night or changed over for hugging and other daily activities, but it's heavy, so you put wheels on it, control it with hydraulics, and install collision sensors. It's actually quite an impressive device. Of course, you had to change the doors in the house so that the protective apparatus could get through it, but at least now you can live your life. You can go to work, go to sleep, and get close to people. So you announce to everyone, I've solved my problem and I am a free being. I can go anywhere I want. I can do anything that I want. This thorn used to run my life and now it doesn't run anything. The truth is, the thorn completely runs your life. It affects all your decisions, including where you go, whom you're comfortable with, and who's comfortable with you. It determines where you're allowed to work, what house you can live in, and what kind of bed you can sleep in at night. When it's all said and done, that thorn is running every aspect of your life. It turns out that the life of protecting yourself from the problem becomes the perfect reflection of the problem itself. You didn't solve anything if you don't solve the root issue of the problem, but instead attempt to protect yourself from the problem, it ends up running your life. You end up so psychologically fixated on the problem that you can't see the forest for the trees. You actually feel that because you've minimalized the pain of the problem, you've solved the problem, but it's not solved. All you did was devote your life to avoiding it. It is now the center of your universe. It's all there is. In order to apply the analogy of the thorn to your whole life, we will use loneliness as an example. Let's say you have a very deep sense of inner loneliness. It's so deep that you have trouble sleeping at night. And during the day, it makes you very sensitive. You're susceptible to feeling sharp pangs in your heart that cause quite a disturbance. You have trouble staying focused on your job and you have trouble with everyday interactions. What's more, when you're very lonely, it's often painfully difficult to get close to people. You see loneliness just like a thorn. It causes pain and disturbance in all aspects of your life. But in the case of the human heart, we have more than one thorn. We have sensitivities about loneliness, about rejection, about our physical appearance, and about our mental prowess. We are walking around with lots of thorns, touching right against the most sensitive part of our hearts. In any movement, something can touch them and cause them pain inside. You have the same two choices with these inner thorns as you did with the thorn in your arm. Surely it was obvious that you would have been much better off taking out the thorn. There's no reason to spend your life protecting the thorn from getting touched when you just can remove it. Once the thorn is removed, you're truly free of it. 
The same is true with your inner thorns. They can be removed, but if you choose to keep them without being disturbed by them, you must modify your life to avoid the situations that would stir them up. If you're lonely, you must avoid going to places where couples tend to be. If you're afraid of rejection, you must avoid getting too close to people. If you do this, however, it is for the same reason that you thinned out the woods. You're attempting to adjust your life to make allowances for your thorns. In the earlier example of the thorns, they were outside. Now they are inside. When you're lonely, you find yourself pondering what to do about your loneliness. What is it that you can say or do in order not to feel so lonely? Notice that you aren't asking how to get rid of the problem. You're asking how to protect yourself from feeling it. You do this by either avoiding situations, by using people, places, and things to protective shields. You're going to end up just like the person with the thorn. The loneliness will run your entire life. You'll marry the person who makes you feel less lonely, and you'll think that's natural and normal. But it's exactly the same as the person who is avoiding the pain of the thorn instead of taking it out. You've not removed the root of loneliness. You've only attempted to protect yourself from feeling it. Should someone die or leave you, the loneliness would again disturb you. The problem will be back in the moment if external situation fails to protect you from what's on the inside. If you do not remove the thorn, you'll end up responsible for both the thorn and everything you pulled round yourself in an attempt to avoid it. Should you be fortunate enough to find someone who manages to diminish the feeling of loneliness, you will then begin worrying about keeping your relationship with this person. You've managed to compound the issue by avoiding the problem. This is exactly the same as using the apparatus to compensate for the thorn. You have just adjusted your life accordingly. The minute you allow the core problem to stay, it expands out into multiple problems. It wouldn't dawn on you just to get rid of it. Instead, the only solution is to try to avoid feeling it. Now you have no choice but to go out and fix everything that affects it. You have to worry about how you dress and how you talk. You have to worry about what people think of you because it could affect your feeling of loneliness or need for love. If someone is attracted to you and this eases your feelings of loneliness, you wish you could say, how do I need to act in order to please you? I can be any way you want. I just don't want to feel these periods of loneliness anymore. You now have this burden of worrying about the relationship. It creates an experience of underlying tension and discomfort and can even affect your sleep at night. The truth is, however, the discomfort you're experiencing isn't actually the feeling of loneliness. It's the never-ending thoughts of, did I say the right thing? Does she really like me or am I just kidding myself? The root problem is now buried under all these shallower issues that are all about avoiding the deeper ones. It all gets very complicated. People end up using their relationships to hide their thorns. If you care for each other, you're expected to adjust your behavior to avoid bumping into each other's soft spots. This is what people do. They let the fear of their inner thorns affect their behavior. They end up limiting their lives just like someone living with an external thorn. Ultimately, if there's something disturbing inside of you, you have to make a choice. You have to compensate for the disturbance by going outside in an attempt to avoid feeling it, or you can simply remove the thorn and not focus your life around it. Do not doubt your ability to remove the root cause of the disturbance inside of you. It really can go away. You can look deep within yourself to the core of your being and decide that you don't want the weakest part of you running your life. You want to be free of this. You want to talk to people because you find them interesting, not because you're lonely. You want to have a relationship with people because you, general, you genuinely like them, not because you need for them to like you. You want to love because you truly love, not because you need to avoid your inner problems. 
How do you free yourself? In the deepest sense, you free yourself by finding yourself. You are not the pain that you feel, nor are you the part of, nor are you the part that periodically stresses out. None of these disturbances have anything to do with you. You're the one who notices these things. Because your consciousness is separate and aware of these things, you can free yourself. To free yourself of your inner thorns, you simply stop playing with them. The more you touch them, the more you irritate them. Because you're always doing something to avoid feeling them, they're not given the chance to naturally work themselves out. If you want, you can simply permit the disturbances to come up, and then you can let them go. Since your inner thorns are simply blocked energies from the past, they can be released. The problem is you either completely avoid situations that would cause them to release, or you push them back down in the name of protecting yourself. Suppose you're sitting at home watching TV. You're enjoying the program until the two main characters fall in love. Suddenly you feel loneliness, but there's no one around to give you attention. Interestingly, you were just fine a few minutes ago. This example shows that the thorn is always in your heart. It's not just activated until something touches it. You feel the reaction as hollowness or a dropping sensation in your heart. It feels very uncomfortable. A sense of weakness comes over you and you begin thinking about other times when you were left alone and of people who have hurt you. Stored energy from the past releases from the heart and generates thoughts. Now, instead of enjoying TV, you're sitting alone, caught in a wave of thoughts and emotions. What can you do to solve this besides eating something, calling someone, or doing something else that might quiet it down? What you can do is notice that you noticed. You can notice that your consciousness was watching TV, and now it is watching your inner melodrama. The one who sees this is you, the subject. What you're looking at is an object. A feeling of emptiness is an object. It is something that you feel, but who feels it? Your way out is to just notice who's noticing. It's really that simple. It's much less complex than the protective apparatus with all of its ball bearings, wheels, and hydraulics. All you have to do is notice who it is that feels the loneliness. The one who notices is already free. If you want to be free of these energies, you must allow them to pass through you instead of hiding them inside of you. Ever since you were a child, you've had energies going on inside. Wake up and realize that you're in there and you have a sensitive person in there with you. Simply watch that sensitive part you feel disturbance. See it feel jealousy, need, and fear. These feelings are just part of the nature of a human being. If you pay attention, you'll see that they are not you. They are just something you're feeling and experiencing. You're the indwelling being that is aware of all of this. If you maintain your center, you can learn to appreciate and respect even the difficult experiences. For example, some of the most beautiful poetry and music have come from people who were in turmoil. Great art comes from the depth of one's being. You can experience these very human states without getting lost in them or resisting them. You can notice that you notice and just watch how experiencing loneliness affects you. Does your posture change? Do you breathe slower or faster? What goes on when loneliness is given the space it needs to pass through you? Be an explorer, witness it, and then it will go. If you don't get absorbed in it, the experience will soon pass and something else will come up. Just enjoy all of it. If you can do this, you'll be free. And in a world of pure energy, it will open up within you. The more you sit in the self, the more you will begin to feel the energy that you have never experienced before. It comes up from behind rather than in front where you experience your mind and emotions. When you're no longer absorbed in your melodrama, but instead sit comfortably deep inside the seat of awareness, you'll start to feel this flow of energy coming up from deep within. 
This flow has been called Shakti. This is the flow that has been called spirit. This is what you begin to experience if you hang out with the self instead of hanging out with the inner disturbances. You don't have to get rid of loneliness. You just have to be involved with it. It's just another thing in the universe like cars, grass, and stars. It's none of your business. Just let things go. That's what the self does. Awareness does not fight. Awareness releases. Awareness is simply aware while everything in the universe parades before it. If you sit within the self, you will experience the strength of your inner being, even when your heart feels weak. This is the essence of the path. This is the essence of spiritual life. Once you learn that it's okay to feel inner disturbances and that they can no longer disturb your seat of consciousness, you will be free. You will begin to be sustained by the inner energy flow that comes from behind you. When you've tasted the ecstasy of the inner flow, you can walk in this world and the world will never touch you. That's how you become a free being. You transcend. That was the conclusion of chapter nine. And again, very deep and is probably, I'm probably going to have to read it over again or listen to this episode over again after I go ahead and publish it out just so that I can take it all in because the thorn analogy was incredibly, uh, incredibly interesting for me. I uh, might even write a couple notes down on it, to be honest, Uh, just because I, I think by what I see, and I can probably use a couple examples of it that way uh, to try to understand different parts of my life that are the thorn that I'm just not getting rid of that I'm, you know, keeping in and, uh, you know, putting the apparatus around. And, uh, you know, beefing up this apparatus when really I should just remove, uh, you know, the hindrances. Uh, and I'm sure I do those kind of things, like, especially in like the leadership sense. Uh, there's a lot of times where things happen that aren't as big of a deal as what they seem to be at the time. And, uh, you know, I reach around things to try to get to the best outcome whenever I know the best way to get to the outcome. And I don't, I don't um, just go straight for it. I try all of these different attempts of all these different exercises first uh, to gain experience, if nothing else. And uh, a lot of times um, it ends up turning out great, but uh, in the name of being efficient, it's really, um, it's really can, it, it can cause a lot of stress in the long run to keep you know, doing 10 different things to get one goal accomplished whenever you know one main way to get it accomplished in its own right. Uh, and it works in all different forms of, of life, personal, professional, of course, uh, that I think is, is so forthcoming and resonates so strong to my heart. It's just how all of us we have as part of life have these thorns that you can either remove or build around. Very deep stuff. Very interesting, deep stuff. But all great. All great and really giving a reflection of the inner self, which I love. And um, creating a foundation of self-care, which I also love. And I hope that it's doing the same for you. Thank you for joining me again. And I uh, will talk to you next time to start with chapter 10, which is called Stealing Freedom for Your Soul. I look forward to sharing it with you at that time. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and good night. And thank you again.